At Woodside Bible Church, we gather each week to pursue God by studying His Word together. Through our message series, Soul Food, when a meal with Jesus was more than food, we'll unpack what Jesus has to teach us from the time He spent around the table. Here, in the ordinary, everyday sharing of a meal, we'll discover who Jesus came for, what it takes to be with Him, and how you and I can be changed by His greatness and grace. Tonight, as we have come here uh, together, it's appropriate that as we gather tonight, we come back to that upper room, surrounded by Jesus and his disciples in that upper room. Jesus celebrates the Last Supper. Before going to the cruel cross where he will be crucified, Jesus gathers for a meal. And as we've been walking on Sunday mornings, we've been walking through the series entitled Soul Food. As we've been looking about how Jesus uses uh, the table as a method of ministry. As he's been going about discipling and carrying out his mission around the table. Teaching people about who he was and why he's come. Providing forgiveness for others. And tonight as we remember the cross of Christ... We want to remember the fact that he's given us a meal. Those that follow him today, a meal to remember. So tonight as we focus on the work of Jesus on our behalf, I want us to come and look at how Jesus' sacrifice in three ways allows us or moves us to react to him tonight. First, we're going to see in Luke chapter 22, verse 7, that Jesus wants us to be prepared to be prepared to take the supper. In Luke chapter 22, beginning in verse 7, Luke says, Then came the day of the unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, where will you have us prepare it? And he said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house as he enters. And tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? And he will show you a large upper room, furnished, prepared it there. And they went and they found it just as Jesus had told them, and they prepared the Passover. See, in order for us to understand what Jesus has done, we must be prepared to partake in the supper. You see, God's plan to redeem humanity began the moment that Adam and Eve sinned. That moment that sin entered the world, God began to enact his plan to save men from their sins. And we know throughout the course of time, we know through Old Testament history, that one of God's steps in that plan to redeem men was to call a people unto himself. So he calls the nation of Israel to be his children, to show them a special kind of love. And as he's choosing this nation to bless, we know that there was a time in Exodus, we see that God had to redeem or to save his people from the slavery of Egypt. And as God rescued him, 
he gave them the Passover meal as a remembrance of how he saved them from the bondage of slavery. And that night when the Passover was instituted, God was carrying out his plan to overthrow the Egyptian government and and to overthrow Pharaoh. And the last of the ten plagues, the word of the Lord came to Abraham, or came to Moses and his people and said that on this night, the angel of death will overcome the city and all the firstborn of all the families will die except for those that have the blood of the lamb over the doorpost. That night began the Passover as a remembrance that God saved his people because the blood of a lamb covered the doorpost. And that night, as the angel of death came, only God's children were spared. This was the beginning of the covenant with Israel, where God says, I will be your God and you will be my people. Fast forward many, many years and we come to Luke chapter 22 and we see that by the time of Jesus, the day of unleavened bread has come. This is another synonymous way of of referring to the Passover. It was that time of year, again, for God's people to sacrifice the Passover lamb so that they could remember the cost of sin. And to celebrate the Passover meal, we see that there were a lot of details that went into the meal. They had to set up the appropriate environment for the meal to take place. They had to prepare the goat or the lamb that was going to be sacrificed. And there were lots of elements that had to come together for that meal. There was unleavened bread. There were bitter herbs. There were specific things that needed to get there. And when we come to verse 8, we see that Jesus sends Peter and John out to prepare the meal. And he gives them specific instructions And by doing so, what we see is the sovereign hand of Jesus putting things together as he knows that he's getting ready to take that next step of redemption. The new covenant was getting ready to begin and things that were already set in place had to transpire so that men could be saved from their sins. And so, Peter and John go and they see that just as as Jesus has said, They meet the person and he takes them to the upper room and they they see that this place has been prepared for them. You see, God's plan, his next step for the plan of redemption was to take place at a table. And what's amazing about the table of God is I don't know where you are tonight. I don't know if you're in this place full of shame. I don't know if you're come here tonight full of regret, full of remorse, full of just uncomfortableness with your life. I I don't know, but I do know that there's room at the table for everyone. This table that Jesus has prepared for us, there's room for all of us. The second truth that we see in this passage today is that we be prepared to partake together It's a movement of unification. Look with me in verse 14. It says, When the hour came, he reclined at table, and the apostles with him. And he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God. And he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he said, Take this and divide it amongst yourselves. For I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. 
See, as Jesus is partaking in this meal together with the disciples, this is a deeply intense time of fellowship. As Jesus knows exactly what's coming in the next few hours, he's getting ready to go to the cross. He wants to spend time. He's eager to spend this meal with his disciples. It's almost as though to this moment, his whole life had been pointing to this moment where he would sit with sinners, where he would sit with those that at a time had nothing, no desire for God, had no desire for anything, and now these disciples are close. He also gives them this promise that he will not eat again until he comes again. Right now, this meal that they're sitting down to, this Passover meal, to this point has always pointed to the past. It's always pointed to what God has done in the past. And now Jesus is saying he's pointing it to the future. That there's coming a time in the future where we will sit down at a table with him again and it won't be a time of waiting. It will be a time of much rejoicing. So by the time in Jesus' day, the Jewish people still celebrated the Passover meal. They still partook in it as a remembering of the redemption And what would happen at the time when the families would gather together is the father would stand before the family. He would take on a special hat, which was known as the the king's hat. And he would take on a special shirt, which is known as the, the shirt of the priest. And so in essence, the father was standing as not only priest and king over his family, but he was the representative of his family between the family and God. And the father would step in and he would lead through the Passover. And what I have prepared for us tonight is, is a, kind of like a Passover meal, what it might be like um, at the time of Jesus. There was a special plate called a Seder plate. And on the plate were, were six different elements that the father would lead the family through as remembering all of the acts of, of God to save the people from their sins. But also at the table would be four cups, each cup representing a different thing. And so during the meal, the father would first take the green carpus, or the the greens that represented life. And the father would take this, and he would take it, and he would dip it in salt water, and then everyone would eat. And it was a time to remember that in the time of slavery, there were lots of tears. There was life, but there was lots of tears. That without a plan, without a hope of redemption, that people are sad and people have no hope. Another one of the elements of the meal was bitter herb or mar. This bitter herb was there to remind everyone of the bitterness of sin and the bitterness of slavery and the hardness of life. Another element of the meal was a mixture of apple and nuts and honey. This was a reminder of the mortar that was used to make the bricks for Pharaoh. That the work under slavery is very hard and is very difficult and is very uncomfortable. Next we have the bitter root or the hazard. This was most times... um, it was caused, as, you, as they would cut it up and as they would pass it around and they'd eat it, it would cause tears to well up in the eyes of those that ate it. It was the bitterness of the root of life. And then there was the hagiga, 
which was a hard-boiled egg, which was a constant reminder of the sacrifices that would have to take place at the temple for man's sin, the sacrifices year after year. And then finally present at the table would be the sacrificed lamb. The lamb that was a constant reminder that there is a penalty for man's sin, that blood has to be shed for the forgiveness of sin to take place. And each year that lamb would give its life But also as a part of the meal, there was a seventh aspect that wasn't part of the table. And it was known as the, the matzah bread. And inside the matzah bread, there was always three pieces of matzah. And during the meal, what would take place is the father would take the middle one of the matzah and he would break it. And then he would take the smaller piece and he would put it back in to the other, between the other two. And then he'd have one of the kids go away and hide this piece. And this piece would come back later in the meal as a part of the dessert. It's known as the afikoman. And then at the table there were these four cups. And these four cups constantly were reminders of the expressions of deliverance. The first cup was the, coat, the cup that would, reminded them of blessing. Where God brought them out of slavery. Where God would come and intercede on their behalf. The second cup was the cup of deliverance, reminding that it was the God himself that delivered them from sin and delivered them from slavery. The third cup was the cup of redemption, meaning that God bought them back from slavery. And the fourth cup was the cup of promise that God would take them home and they would be with him. As we come to look at the passage that we're looking at today, we see in verse 15, Jesus assembled the the disciples and the apostles in the upper room and Jesus steps in and takes that fatherly position wearing the priestly shirt and the kingly hat and we see in verse 17 and 18 he takes the cup it's the cup of blessing and we see him sharing it there with his disciples and then in scripture we see as they're sharing the meal, the communion together, or the, they're sharing the, the supper together. He's reminding them of God's promises of the past and the hope that they have in the future. And, and let us not forget as the church today, as we gather together, we are gathering together, being reminded that we stand in the long line of God's family, that we are part of God's family because we are the children of God, that we join believers of the past, we join believers of the present, and we join believers of the future as part of God's holy family because of what Jesus has done. And we come to verse 19, and we see our identification, that we need to be ready to partake of Jesus. Look at me in verse 19. It says, And he took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup after that he had eaten, saying, This cup is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. As we look into this meal, up until this point, up until verse 19, it was just like every other Passover meal that the disciples had ever experienced from the time that they were kids and to the other Passovers that they'd experienced with Jesus. But this time, Jesus does something that's unexpected. 
something that hadn't been done before. Jesus gets the afikomen, and he says, this is my body which is broken for you. This was supposed to be the dessert of the meal, and now Jesus brings it before his disciples and gives it new meaning. You see, what we need to understand is that Christ has always been present in the Passover. Those three matzahs that were used early in the meal, the first one was the Father, the second one was the Son, and the third one was the Holy Spirit. And we see that the second one, which represents Jesus, is taken out, it is broken, and it is hidden only to return and enjoyed later. Jesus is saying in this moment, we look at this bread and we know things about it. First, we, we see that it's flattened, meaning that it is without sin. It is unleavened. So it is never sin. It has nothing in it to corrupt it. We see that it has been striped by the heat. That's why it has the brown markings. As it was brought into the heat, it is striped. We see that it is pierced. Before they, before they cook this bread, they actually poke little holes in it so it doesn't get big bubbles in it. So we see not only is it striped, we see that it's pierced. We also see that it's broken. It's as though in this moment, Jesus is calling to mind and bringing in to account the promises that were given in Isaiah chapter 53, which reminds us by that prophet, for he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. See, Jesus now takes this bread and he breaks it. And he says, now take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. For his disciples, he was telling them, and he's telling us that sin has a price. That we can't stand before a holy God in our sin and be justified. That something has to take our place. And God's plan was for Jesus to go to a cross where your sin and my sin would be placed on him and he would endure the wrath of God. And as we follow through this meal, we see now he takes the cup. Well, what cup does Jesus take? Jesus takes the third cup. It's the cup of redemption. And what Jesus is saying is now this cup is, is the new the covenant in my blood, knowing that on the cross, Jesus' blood would be spilled. And not only would his body be broken to take the penalty of our sins, but his blood would be shed to provide forgiveness. This redemption cup that Jesus takes now is instituting a new covenant, saying the old covenant is now going to be fulfilled. All the promises that we share through the Passover meal is now become to the fulfillment of Jesus. And Jesus drinks the cup. And he says, this is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. This is why we as the church no longer celebrate the Passover meal because there's no need. There's no need for us to go back because that has already all been fulfilled. That is why we as the church celebrate the Lord's Supper by taking of the body and taking of the cup. And in this way, we remember what Jesus has done. But you know, we can't experience the redemption of Jesus until he goes to the cross. So before we celebrate together as a church family, and are reminded of Jesus' broken body and spilled blood. Let us be reminded of the cross. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for loving us so much. We thank you that your plan to redeem us was not something that was an afterthought. 
But Father, that your plan to redeem us was put into motion the moment that Adam and Eve sinned. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness through the old covenant. And Father, we thank you for your sacrifice that established this new covenant. So Father, these next few moments during this service, as we consider your crucifixion, we consider that you stepped in and took our place. Help us to remember. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you for joining us as we study God's word together. We would love to hear how God is moving in your heart and get you connected into the Woodside Bible Church family. Head to woodsidebible.org connect to introduce yourself today.